Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Catch those springtime vibes all over Arizona. Break out of the winter blues by hitting the water at one of our lake and river parks. Take a hike among the wildflowers. Just make sure to stay on the trails and leave the flowers for the bees. Discover Arizona's best kept secret and visit azstateparks.com slash amazing to start your springtime adventure. Back again, we took a hiatus, but now we're back to do the wrestling talk. Joel and Kate at 8.30 because Kate sends me a message and she's like, hey, listen, the vibes, it's Sunday. <laughs> well, what I actually said was, hey, can we do 8.30? My parents are being dot, 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 parents. <laughs> Meaning, I was trying to leave their place, and my mom kept being like, "Do you need strawberries for the road?" So and, I don't. That's not how she sounds, but that's the type of mom she is. Like, <laughs> she sounds like she should be either like Italian or Jewish in the way that she refers to herself as like a bubby. Basically, that's essentially how she acts. So, um, but I'm glad I I haven't had a day of not watching or talking about wrestling since March 25th until yesterday um so you are getting the most rested version of me with the exception of this past wednesday when i had a migraine so i've been on a streak i didn't watch a single wrestling match yesterday god bless you if if you're able to trigger anything that is in my head from this past week everything's a mush we're gonna talk about it (laughs) you didn't watch rampage i watched like clips of it today i watched some of the the things that like i was told i should go back and watch um oh well then we don't have to talk about it that's great i don't don't even know what we're gonna talk about i mean listen i'm gonna we'll we'll start it was bad yeah (laughs) talk uh thumbs up if if you've done it and you're here go leave a thumbs up on this video uh we're getting some traction on our subscriptions so go ahead and subscribe to us if i pull over book it's free Everyone likes free 99, especially when you leave a comment and say, hey, chat, how are you? I see you there. Love to have you. If you're financially able and you want to, go over to Super Chats. Donuts, donate a donut us. Donuts. Donate donuts. I'm hungry tonight. Go over to, uh, to, to YouTube.com slash Overbooked and uh, any amount. Get your question statement around the air. Uh, and, and I know someone mentioned uh, Humper Chats in the chat. We do actually accept your Humper Chats because it's all part of Fightful. Uh, so if you want to send it to us, you can. Uh, I'll be perfectly transparent. Humper chats to Fifle Overbooked are not directly given to Fifle Overbooked, but it's all a big piece of the pie. The Overbooked stuff that's donated through Super Chats, that goes directly to the Fifle Overbooked channel, which we then use to give to our talent who are very good at what they do. They do not go to me, even though I'm on this channel far too often, Kate. Well, well, let's just look at what you just said. The talent who are very good on this channel, they that's do not true. go to me. Ergo, you are not very good, it just go- which it is accurate. It literally just goes to Maggie, Kylie, and Haley. And I get it. <laughs> good on them. Good for them. Get the paid. ladies holding it down. Fine by me. They did a great job this week, and they're going to keep doing great jobs. Uh, and then, of course, we have our Fightful Overbook Discord. Go ahead, join us there. Link is in the description of the video, and it's free, as always. Oh boy. 
I guess should I start with the with the news with with tomorrow? I said I'd make an announcement about in the weeds. Um, I really wish we had like a Joel Pearl has a major announcement graphic. Oh, can you can you vamp for like ten seconds? I would be happy to vamp for like yes. ten seconds. Ahead, so just... there is some exciting news. You know what I'll do while you're while I'm supposed to be vamping? I'll go ahead and bury Mike Skyros because I oh, hope everybody. But Mike Skyros had a wonderful weekend. I cannot wait to see this little punk ass get his ass kicked once again in May, May 5th and 6th. He's going to get eaten alive by Bill Collier, which I'm very excited about. And uh, title or not, he's going to be facing Cade Lothbrook in Binghamton. So um, I just, he deserves to eat all the knuckle sandwiches in the world. So. Yeah. The knuckliest of sandwiches. The You know what? You know people who have like an extra knuckle? Yes. Yeah. That's who whose knuckle sandwiches he should be eating. He deserves extra knuckles to the face. Line them up first and be like, hey, you get the first knuckle sandwich. It's like like Super Bowl weekend, they make those like monster sandwich things. Yeah. That's how many he deserves of <laughs> knuckle sandwiches. All right. Well, as promised, there it is. Hey, Joel Pearl has a huge announcement. I have to make the new variant now that uh, TK has literally three other variants of this and not the old Dynamite one. I would but, also just just to have on hand, we should have a Joel Pearl address this as enemies just because. Just yeah, there's one. Steven Jensen has one of those from the spotlight. He does. He uses it a lot. I didn't realize <laughs> Jensen had so much heat with everybody. Steven <laughs> Jensen hates everybody. He does, except Cody Rhodes. Yeah, that's true. Well, him and Cody go way back. I mean, listen, go back to the episode that we did just before WrestleMania night two, where he literally gave a 10 minute impassioned speech about why he loves Cody Rhodes and thinks he should be winning the WWE championship at WrestleMania. He busted his balls like, ah, but it's fine. Cause that'll never happen. And then it did. I felt so bad. The next week, the show was so awkward. So sad. So sad. Uh, so last week you and I were not here because uh, Kate, you were you were doing the wrestling thing. You were at New Japan Pro Wrestling, right? I was at Nuge. How was the Nuge? And I'm gonna I'll, I'll get to my announcement when we when we talk about last weekend real quick. It's such a great product. Like I I don't have time for a ton more wrestling in my life, but I need to make time for it because it's just so good. And um, it was just very fun too. I was the first time I'd watched wrestling without taking notes on it in <laughs> weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks live wrestling is always fun new japan especially live is like something really special um there's a couple of people that really stood out to me as like when you see them different live it's they just got that different thing um i'd never quite fully gotten the okada comparisons to john cena until i saw okada live um and then I was like, oh my God, he's he's totally there, John Cena. Like live, it was just a whole other level of like he was in a, a six-man triple threat. And Aussie open, everybody was doing Aussie, Aussie, Aussie. And he would go, Okada, Kata, Kata, like little things like that. Um, the way he was interacting with the crowd, like pretending he didn't see someone behind him and stuff, like very, very much um um a more real thing live seeing him Zack Sabre Jr. Live. I mean, my God, like yeah. caliber of his matches and then him calling everybody a dickhead with his accent on top of it. It's just a blast. And I got to say, I've, I've totally bought into the hype on Aussie open. 
Kyle Fletcher live is also one of those guys that's just different. And there's some guys that have that. Like I've always felt that way about Roman Reigns. I feel that way about Tony Deppin. Kyle Fletcher and Aussie Open as a whole, I guess. But like he's 24 and he's got to start being in those conversations of like, obviously he's not like an AEW pillar, but like that young crop that's coming up of just like, holy crap, he's going to be the future of this. I think the FTR handoff to them is going to be something that we end up seeing. I really do. Um, he also did a moonsault that went straight into the barricade and knocked out like fans in the front. Um, glad he's okay. But it was also just very funny because he was like, no moonsaults ever again <laughs> on Twitter. And I was like, fans. <laughs> oh my God. I was just so glad. I was like, I hope there's just not like any babies in the front. But it was very funny because he was kind of, I think we're all leading to FTR versus Aussie Open at Forbidden Door. And he just used that as like a um, uh, no flips, just fists-ish type, like leaning into, which is really, really good. Um, so just that was a whole, whole bunch of fun. And it's just such a different product from anything that's like US presented. It's really a fun experience to see live. So that was in DC and then in Philly the second night um an absolute blast again that the 2300 arena not that anybody is watching from there but if somebody is watching from there for the love of god air conditioning it's i thought you were so... about to talk about the bathrooms because i hear those are also equally bad um well you have the you have the ecw graffiti yep did you get so a photo then, i did not because it's only in the men's room and i love myself um <laughs> It is it is a sauna in there. You can literally see how hazy it is. It's really, really rough. Um, it's worse in the summertime. But other than that, and other than the fact that I was with my Mark Order co-hosts, uh, especially Ryan and Philly, just the worst uh, people in the history of the universe. So. I get it. Well, I mean, Ryan's here with a super chat saying Kate's lying. She didn't watch a second of New Japan Pro Wrestling. Did too, Ryan. I was Ring next to you. Are you sure you weren't out there going to the bathroom and getting chicken tenders and all the other stuff? Yes and no. It was pulled pork nachos this time. Well, that sounds delicious. But see, if I go to New Japan, I don't get in trouble because there's not women's matches usually. So <laughs> <laughs> I'm allowed to go whenever the fuck I want, Joel. <laughs> don't have to worry about gender diversity if there is see? none. It's like the meme with the guy thinking. That's, yeah, that's, that's perfect. Like one of those. I love it. Uh, that sounds like a fun weekend. So, so justifiably, oh, so, justifiably so, we didn't do the show. I went to uh, to you were also yes. Yeah. Uh, I was fortunate to uh, to get a couple of tickets. Tim and I went, and uh, we were standing room only. We were close enough that uh, I think some of y'all saw my photos. We were we were pretty close to the ring. Had a good time. That venue, uh, Rebel Nightclub, as it's really known as, it's not Rebel Entertainment Complex. The only thing that's entertaining about it is how friggin' far it is from anything in Toronto. Did you do a nudie dance? No, but I think you were here when I said that there were stripper poles all over the venue. You did, you did mention that. So there are stripper poles all over Rebel Complex. Listen, it's a really nice venue. I've loved it ever since they started going there in 2018. I, I You went with Tim? This time I did. The first time I went. It could be Tim I and Joel call it on the pole. <laughs> By the way, shout out to Tim who was producing me for the post show from his studio. That was really Shout nice. out to Tim. For vacating his throne because he was scared of me. 
Fair. Well, I'm just trying to create a few that are nothing, but go ahead. That was that was impact. <laughs> so so I'll shut up. impact is really good. I I, I want to tell you a story. So the first time I went in 2018 to Revel was with my now wife. At the time, she was my fiance. We had just gotten engaged about a month earlier. Okay. Uh, she had never been to a wrestling show and in fact was coming to town and the time I was like, Hey, you want to go? Cause the tickets aren't too expensive and we can sit like third row from the ring. Uh, and she's like, yeah, sure. Why not? So we got our tickets and we went and she had the time of her life. She was yelling and screaming and she was so into it. She was like, ah, screw you. You suck. I hate you. Da, da, da. Or go this guy, go that guy. Also, by the way, kudos on being like, I'm going to put the ring on you and then take you to a wrestling show. I, you know what you're doing. <laughs> I got the tickets before I put the ring on. Okay. Oh, all yes. right. The, 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 son of a bitch. Well, no, because that we've been together for five years at this point. It was like inevitable. She was getting to the point where she was asking, like, when are you going to propose? When are you going to propose? And I was just like, the day, <laughs> the morning that I was going to propose to her, she was asking the question, like, not as like a chirpy thing, but like as a, you know, it, you, well, you know, like dropping hints. Sure. And I was just like, oh, you don't know what's coming today. <laughs> Not way ahead of you lady way ahead exactly so we so so we went to the show we went to uh to impact that night this was 2018 this was slammiversary and um after the show we're walking out and i was like so what do you think she's like oh i had a lot of fun that was really good i was like would you go again she's like absolutely not <laughs> like why not she's like did you see what type of person i become when i watch these people <laughs> I can't be that person. I would like rage on somebody and probably like stab them. And I'm like, that's a pretty fair analogy here. That's a pretty, it's just a pretty fair situation to go into. So uh, my, my wife's first and only live wrestling experience was both a positive and negative one altogether. Oh man, I want to see her watch wrestling so bad. So do I. I'm going to try and get her to do it. So, There's something so fun. Like even just in the times that I've covered it, my sister's been watching it by osmosis of people watching wrestling for the first time or like one of the first times, like she watching her watch um, House of Black of being like, oh, these guys are creepy. Why do the lights go out? Like it's so much fun to watch it with someone who like isn't like, oh yeah, and then when he did his other finisher, that was really cool. It's, it's the best, it's the best. <laughs> so Rebellion, the show itself was a lot of fun. Uh, we got to see new impact knockouts champion Deanna Perrazzo. And then she did in the weeds uh, the next day on Fightful over book, which was like our debut episode. And so to have her as a guest was a pretty, pretty big deal. Um, and then other than, you know, Ace of Bays, they retained their tag team championships. Uh, there was just a lot of really fun matches, really good matches. Overall, it was a really good night, really fun show. Uh, and then I went to the TV tapings the next day, which was nice. Um, got to see a lot of stuff, got to talk to a lot of people, which was, uh, which was nice just to catch up and know that like impact is still, you know, they still have their fans and they're still watching. And, and there were a lot of people at rebel, um, not as many people at the TV tapings, but again, that venue is so bloody far. Again, I ask if you go to Google maps, go look up like the CN tower, which is a super central location in downtown Toronto, the CN tower and then search Rebel Entertainment Complex and just take like a, a city transit directions and you'll see how far and impossible it is because it includes a 15 minute walk once you get off the bus going to the venue. Here's the thing, Joel. I'm American, so there's only Canada. Valid. And it's all far. So it's all, and it's no... all bad. <laughs> Wait, so you mentioned you had Deanna Parazzi, the first episode of In the Weeds. Yes. Did you want to 
Yes. I mean, you have a huge announcement. Yes. So did you want to make it? The announcement is that tomorrow morning, this is Monday, uh, April the 24th at, was it 10.30? I want to make sure I got my time right. At 10.30 a.m., we will be joined by the new Impact World Champion, Steve Macklin. So he's going to be... That's going to be a lot of fun. I'll have plenty to talk about with Steve Macklin. Uh, I want to I know why he hates Canada so bad and Canadians um, and, and, and a bunch of other questions that I'm going to ask. But uh, Steve Macklin will be joining Jeremy Lambert and I at 10.30 a.m. Eastern Monday morning on In the Weeds. Back-to-back weeks, you've had Impact Champions. Are you a fucking Impact Homer? You I mark? Think, I think that's what they want of us, and that's fine. <laughs> I was gonna say because that's really cool. Actually, that's awesome. Yeah, that's you know what? Rad. It's 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 actually really good to know that Impact wants to have their talent talk to us, and we want to talk to them too. Again, I I host the post show on Fightful after Reg and Kate do the ROH post show, and uh, you know I think we try to be as as honest about the product as we can, and also just have fun with it as well. And I think that uh, people at Impact see that, and they want to. Uh, I don't want to, I think reward is the wrong word to use, but I think people understand when I say, you know, they, they want to give us a shot to talk to the talent that we also get to know on TV, on screen. We get to know them a little bit off screen when we do these interviews. So it's, it's great. True. People on the internet usually interpret things on a very fair and normal way, Joel. So I'm yeah. sure that's, that'll be taken in the spirit in which it was intended. Of course. I'll say this. I was, um, I was talking to my parents about, because they don't watch wrestling, but will watch my post shows because they're adorable. Um, I told them how much I love Thursdays. And I'm I'm assuming you probably feel the same way. And that like, I love reviewing Ring of Honor because it's one of, if not my favorite wrestling television products. But I also love that it's not like, there's no tribalism around ROH. There's not like there's people that are going to shit on it because it's an AEW product technically, but like there's something really fun. And um, I don't know, like I feel almost like more, this sounds so like dramatic and corny, but like more connected to it in a way, because it's like, it feels like a product that everybody's rooting for. Like nobody's tuning into crap on it. I feel like, and I think with impact it's, it's kind of similar of like, nobody's going to waste their time watching an impact post show just to rip on it. Um, And there's just something really fun to be able to review or to give any sort of platform at all to a product that like people are, are sincerely just like kind of hoping is thriving and does well and rooting for the talent that's there. It's a very um, different experience. It almost feels like when you go to an indie show and you're like, Oh, I'm just here. Cause I just love wrestling. Like there's something really, really fun about Thursday night. So as much as I bust balls about like passing it off to you in Cresta or whatever, I love getting to do Thursdays. Like it's, it's a, it feels so different and it's really refreshing in a lot of ways too. You know what it is? It's, it's so simple, Kate. The reason why people are not weird and tribalistic towards places like impact or ring of honor is because there's no ratings reports. That's part of it for sure. There's no no for numbers sure. to worry about. And by the way, Impact had like its largest viewership increase in months this past week. You know, no one's talking about it because guess what? No one gives a shit. And that's fine. I want people to give a shit about what the storylines are. I want people to give a shit about what the wrestlers are up to. I want them to care that the that the show is fun and entertaining and 
whatever you want it to be engaging. I don't care about the, the ratings and the demos. Cause guess what? The show's largely on YouTube and for ring of honor, it's on honor club. Like you gotta pay. It, it's a paywall show for both for both really. I mean, impact is on access or fight net. If you're, you know, North American, but like most people are taking the show in on digital platforms. That's fine. And even like when people have seen the ratings, I feel like what I've seen of it is like, Oh, rad. Okay. Like, you know what I mean? No one's like, Oh, well last week they did a, a point three in the Democrat. Like it's just, that matters to somebody somewhere that's making decisions based off of advertising to demographics and people that are trying to land platforms. Um, so I'm, I'm with you. There's something really, really fun about that. Um, it's just fun. It, it was fun to talk to my parents about because they were like, wait a minute. Didn't you say you weren't going to be a maniac and work Thursdays? And I was like, no, 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 hear me out. It's really, it's really, really fun. It's really, really fun. So, but yeah, I'm, I'm with you. It's a, I like it's a, it's a, a nice breather. I like Definitely. this comment from Shock Kid, by the way. People tune into Ring of Honor for good in ring and impact for whatever more <laughs> <laughs> the folks over there come up with. It's true. Like, but they're the two brands that are offering, you know, the truest alternatives. Like, I feel like there's big differences between AEW and WWE, but I feel like Ring of Honor is so different from them, and Impact is so different from that. Like. It's almost like the different ends of the spectrum on Thursday nights is is something that's really fun. Yeah. And, and the whole thing with Impact that I always tell people is, first of all, I understand why some fans from the old days from the last 20 years are apprehensive about following Impact again after like trying to give them a chance years and years and years over and over again, only to be shot down. But this is the best Impact's been under Scott Demore. Is it perfect? No, it's not. But at the same time, they got a great knockouts division. They have really great uh, storylines for the most part that are that are going on even when people come up injured and you have to you know pivot on the fly. That being said, you know they're they're doing really good stuff there. And at the I same was time, thinking rewarding viewers for the most part. I feel like I, too. Didn't it seem like Steve Macklin was going to win anyway? Yes, the story was always that. At the same time, the story was always Macklin um, having scouted his opponent to the point where he has an answer for everything, and that's what they did with the Kushida match. It would have been the same style of match with Josh Alexander, but it would have been more impactful. Sorry for the pun. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. Sorry. Uh, you Canadians are so cute. Apparently, that's like the most Canadian thing that I say. Uh, Ella, it, it actually is. Uh, Ella J calls me on that all the time whenever we record the run sheet. Uh, by the way, the run sheet pod everywhere. Go get it. Uh, when, when, yeah, I know. Special guests. Have you seen all my interviews that drop? Check out me and Joey Janella. Oh, me and Ella J. Janella interview was really, we'll talk about that later. <laughs> <laughs> weird one. Uh, what was I saying? With impact. Are you uh, sorry you did it? Not at all. Uh, yes, actually, maybe a little bit. We'll talk. About <laughs> the um, sorry, um, sorry. Sorry. I'll start pronouncing it. Sorry. 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 With three e's. What was I going to? Um, Macklin Canada. Macklin Kushida. Macklin Kushida was always supposed to be the way that it was. Right. And and Alexander coming in, it would have been uh, more impactful. Was the way I was putting it. Uh, it was been more impactful to do it in Josh Alexander's home city, home country, hometown, 
for the title and taking it off of the longest reigning Impact World Champion. It was going to have more gravitas. There was going to be more to the story. But because of Josh Alexander going down with injury, um, it wouldn't have. It, it would. It, it didn't translate the same coming off of the Kushida win. Sure, that makes sense. Yeah, Ryan with the super chat saying, "Don't let Kate make funnier accent, Joel. She's rude. She is." The um, your accent is adorable. Ryan's like, "Oh, I need to go home." There's a New Jersey is the weirdest little state, it's and awful. I, it's it's not awful. It's just very odd. Um, and that like, North Jersey sounds like Italian mobsters, and South Jersey sounds like. Like it's it's this like going home phone thing, and Ryan's isn't as bad as a lot of people's outside of Philly, but it is bad enough that he had like a transcription tool that was transcribing the words wrong, and for me, that's a personal victory. <laughs> that's amazing. That's awful and amazing. <laughs> All right, we got a couple of bits here over from uh, Twitch.tv slash Fightful Gaming. Cyclops better than Logan saying why y'all continue to leave money on the table by not interviewing the legend and NWA champion Big Tyrus. <laughs> Shame on Fightful. Talk to Sean Rossap. If he wants to do it, he will make it happen, okay? I don't think we cover NWA anymore since that happened. We do. Jeremy used to cover it, and he rage quit on the program. Uh, but I, I think Tifalese actually does it now. But uh, anyway. He and, does, from yeah. the journalism side. But we're not, we ain't doing NWA post-show. Nay, no way. Uh, and, uh, <laughs> Cyclops saying, back when men were men and we didn't know what the demo was. I blame Chris Jericho for Stroking these flames. <laughs> true, I get it. I really do. All right. I guess we got to talk about the the elephant in the room. The elephant. The elephant. The the philephant. <laughs> the philephant. Oh, by the way, for the uh, Mercedes Monet fans, uh, tomorrow on 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 in the weeds, uh, Kate's favorites, Ali Albright's going to be joining us to talk about Mercedes Monet and Mayu Iwatani. So, uh, looking forward to that. Ellie Albright, whose t-shirt Mercedes wore because they're best friends. Yeah, exactly. That's so awesome. That's so, so awesome. News drops on, well, news has been dropping for weeks through different places. Fightful Select being one of them. Of course, Wrestling Observer had a few stories. Uh, Andrew Zarian, whether you want to consider a Matman or, or, or Wrestling Observer, uh, about the return of CM Punk. I and consider him a potato. I do too, actually. Did you know I gave him <laughs> that potato? Anyway, not important. <laughs> <laughs> the whole thing. If you don't know, then you can look it up later. Uh, it's it's widely available. Andrew Pizzeri, Andrew Zarian potato story. Just look it up. So punk is Andrew potato Pizzerian. I'm four. Stop it. I want hinged. I'm sorry. It's okay. Uh, <laughs> no Phil. No. So so CM Punk's coming back. Uh, collision made Phil. A collision made Punk. <laughs> And oh no, they're gonna do that. They're gonna be like the C and CM Punk stands, stands for collision, collision man punk. Oh no, now I had read the stories, I heard all the stuff. Punk coming back to AEW, the big story of meeting with Chris Jericho. You had Brandon Cutler fanning, fanning the flames after retweeting the Bixen Span article about gaslighting and all that stuff. For Kate. I know you're a big CM Punk fan. I don't need to ask you if you're excited to see him back. I actually, I actually am a big CM Punk fan. Funny you should mention that. That's that's good. I'm glad. <clears throat> now let's take Punk out of the equation for a second, and let's just let's focus on Collision for two seconds. Warner Brothers Discovery wants to make this an A1 show to Dynamite, basically on par with each other. 
are you as someone who's also an AEW fan you talk about it on mark order pod and you have the the rampage post show with smackdown as well um are you looking forward to another two hours of AEW television like is that at all enticing to you does it make you want to be a bigger follower of the product like how are you feeling about a collision as a whole I'm excited for it. I am significantly less excited for Rampage than I wasn't even that excited for Rampage. I do think taking the person CM Punk out of it, I I think it makes sense to, if you're going to launch a second show, build it on the back of what is probably your biggest draw, right? I, I think that's a fair thing to say is that CM Punk is probably your biggest draw, um, whether it's for the right reasons or not now. I... I think that always made sense. My only thing is I hope they do it with an extreme amount of clarity because as someone that covers ROH, and let me tell you, I stand for ROH. Wow. Um, <laughs> they don't have this in boy form. So I've got Dolph Ziggler ramen hair in this, but I, uh, that's me. Um, so, all right. I'm going to cut off for a sec. I messed up. Yes. It wasn't a Bix and Span article. He just widely tweeted it out. Sam Fells wrote the article for Deadspin. Sorry. Go ahead. Just so the chat stops going after me for this. You deserve it. Um, my, my thing is I want there to be, I will be able to answer whether or not I'm excited about it more once I see it because I really feel like as someone that covers ROH every Thursday, the lack of clarity around what's going on from brand to brand and within divisions has created a cloud a little bit over both products, more so ROH. So if it's going to be an actual brand split, I hope they do an actual brand split. If it's going to be a, these guys mostly work in these places, but the champions float between Wednesdays and Saturdays, I hope they do that. I just need there to be clarity and how they're going to execute it um so that it makes sense like I, I think it's really important that they have a clear clear vision because i feel like we've been seeing less of that and um not to compare place to place but i also feel as though um that's something that wwe has largely failed at every two years they seem to reunite the titles and then every two years they seem to split them and then there's people working in different places for a little bit and then inevitably they come back and forth between brands so they tried the wild card thing. That was maybe the worst thing they've ever done around that. So I need to see it be done successfully. And also the elephant in the room is whether I'm excited to see CM Punk's wrestling back on television or not. If they think this like separate but equal thing is going to be a sustainable solution in the long run. I just think that's a really dumb idea. Now, whether the holdup is the Young Bucks or CM Punk or the air not getting cleared there who the hell knows, but I do think it's a very dumb idea to announce somebody's coming back before that conversation is had. Um, I don't, I was not there for the brawl. I won't say anything about the brawl, but I will say when somebody wins your title, big of a CM Punk fan as I am, and I'm a Mark. Somebody wins your title and the next thing they do, the next action they take after winning that title is go up there and trash your company and the people that are in it. Let's not forget, CM Punk was not suspended for this. Not for a day. He was just injured, which is like, I, I think kind of a blessing in disguise here. But not only did he keep his job, he hasn't paid an actual consequence. I feel the same way about MJF. If you hold a pay-per-view hostage because you're 
flailing on whether or not you want to come to work and then you get rewarded with a title reign and a bunch more money. I'm very excited. MJF is champion. I'm very excited. He's back. I'm also a big believer in setting a precedent. And I, I feel like Tony Khan's not doing a good enough job of reining in, Hey, consequences, actions. So I'm, I'm very excited about CM Punk's wrestling being back on my television. It's not a secret that it's some of my favorite wrestling in the world. However, um, if they don't squeeze out the toxicity, regardless of whose side it's on or any of that, um, this is not going to be sustainable. And it's a moment we're going to point to if anything does ever collapse with AEW that says that was the beginning of the end. So I hope that um, there's some clarity. I hope that everybody feels happy and healthy and wants to be at work. But it's a it's a very loaded thing. And I think it's a silly idea to bring someone back before whoever has been not willing to have conversations with whoever that needs to be resolved first. Because whether you're feuding with them or not, these guys are going to be around probably assuming that they resign. <clears throat> so the not speaking to each other part will probably end sooner than later because a lot of that hinged on legal and people just saying, don't engage. But now they're going to have to because they're going back to work. Everyone's going to be back under the same umbrella, maybe different cities, different venues. The idea of the the split, I don't actually think they're going to do a roster split. I think, or in that it's not going to be show specific. I think a roster split is going to be, um, it's going to be an A team and a B team. A team will travel to one city for one show. B team, yes, go, go, go. Oh, go. He's got not much else. <laughs> now he's just waiting for waiting for his marching orders. <laughs> the other one's helping the rock get back into the ring shape that he didn't do. Anyway, point I was trying to make was B team, go, 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 will more than likely go to another city. What that city show is taping will be different. In other words, the elite will be on some episodes of Collision as much as they will be on some episodes of Dynamite. CM Punk, same thing. The difference being we're going to have, they're, they're going to move them around. There's not going to be a champion for each brand. It's going to be a, 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 a roaming split. Kind of like what the WWF used to do with the house show circuit. Hogan would run one circuit and then you'd have the, the B team, but it would be a lesser show going to B cities, but this is not what we're doing. The idea though, is that we're splitting everyone up so that people kind of show up on different shows, but the stories are adjacent to the teams, not adjacent to the show. Does that make sense? It does make sense. And I think that also just is, you know, Pulaski always said, and I agree, like the idea of a rolling off season is something that makes sense where it's like these wrestlers have six weeks off this part of the year. And then like it, it keeps the product fresh because you're not seeing everyone all the time. Um, and I feel like an A and a B squad almost allows for that more because the focuses are what they are. Um, it is more, and I know nobody else gives a shit about Ring of Potter the same way I do because I review it and I love it. But they need clarity around, you know, we saw it a lot even just on, on AEW of like, okay, 
Top Flight and AR Fox are a trio. That it was like, wait, no, they're not. And that it was like, but they are in AEW. And that it was like, JK, they're in Ring of Honor. But Top Flight's a tag team. Like, I need, as a fan, I guess what I'm saying is like, I'm very excited about the prospect of another two hours of AEW wrestling. But I need them to, I need it to feel like they're in control of the product and the vision that they have. Because Wednesday did not make me feel that way. Um, and ROH hasn't made me feel that way the past few weeks. So as long as they have an idea of what they're actually going to execute on, I'm, I'm super excited about that. And it being CM Punk-led as a fan, of course, I'm excited about CM Punk's wrestling, but I also am just excited about it from the fact of generally, I like the way AEW does things. Generally, I think it's a really good thing when more wrestlers have a place to work and get to be on television. Like I'm, I, I think it's a victory for pro wrestling. So yes, that is something that I am most interested in seeing is how they integrate the other members of the roster how they tell stories and this is something this is where my um my concerns come in because this is another two hours of creative that tony khan seemingly will want to book there's a lot of show already and there are a lot of things that aw can stand to do better yes and unfortunately whenever the topic of creative comes up TK is very much like, no, nah, it's me. It's always me. No one else but me. I, we might be getting closer, hopefully, to a time where TK is like, okay, maybe I need a number two, someone who can help carry out my vision without you know me having to do 29 other things at once. Bring Delirious back. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, but if you bring Delirious back, then Mandy Leone has to be Women of Honor champion. Have fun. Well, hold on. I didn't go that that's far. You have Maria Canellas too. Oh, no, I'm sorry. You, if that's what happens, then you got to do, you can't take one without the other. It's Why just, did it, it, no one ever said it had to be a Sophie's choice, but you, okay? No, no, but, it's, it's just like with Impact, where people are just like, well, no, if Deanna and Steve are the champions, then they have to face Jonathan Gresham and Jordan Grace. But if Jonathan Gresham, Gresham and Jordan Grace have to face Deanna and Steve, well, guess what? You also have to include the Edwards. Nobody wants that. I like Alicia. Yeah, she's fine. She's great. Uh, the point is. I, I agree with you that the concern of someone being spread too thin is is a very real one. Um, I wonder if... I wonder a couple things. One, does he really say that? Like, I know he says it, but I'm like, is it really true, though? Does I'm in charge of creative mean I'm the guy that signs off on all the decisions and other people are, are the ones that are peddling it forward? Or I think, I think it's him and Chris Jericho. And I and I wish I was being facetious, but I really think it's him and Jericho having most of the creative conversations. I think, yeah, and that, that net needs to widen. I am intrigued because... <laughs> I mean, if Punk is coming back, I can't imagine he's going to be like, oh, marching orders from Jericho sounds like a great dynamic to walk back into. Um, so we'll see. We'll see. There's a lot of creative minds available. There's a lot of... Um, there's a lot of... There's a lot of things that need to be clear before you're, you launch a second show, and I hope that they address them. Because that's the other thing, right? Is it like... Is it going to be twice as many stories or are some of them going to show up on multiple nights? What the hell is Rampage realistically? Realistically, so, what is Rampage? Now? Will Washington like, nailed it on the head, I think, when he said 
that Rampage is essentially Sunday Night Heat. And there's nothing wrong with that if you use it as an enhancement show that's not dark or dark elevation. Like you Okay, still- but then what's Ring of Honor? What is Ring of Honor? Who knows? He doesn't know. He just bought it for the tape library. I don't know what to tell you. I don't. I, I mean, it it has felt like that it's the place for people to go grow and learn. I mean, I'm a baseball fan, right? They're single A, double A, triple A, whatever. Level up NXT. Mess of a product as they can be a lot of times. That's not the There's worst flow. idea. Yeah, right. So. Yeah. So, so what does that look like? Also just sustainably, like, um, do you even just realistically keep rampage in a Friday, 10 o'clock to 11 15 slot? If you have a Saturday program or, or what, I guess that's what I'm curious about is what are the more fundamental changes that, that come about? I'm, I'm certainly intrigued. I'm, also wonder if this is going to lead to things like do we get a women's tag team division am i excited about that considering nobody can book a women's tag team division across u.s american television uh u.s wrestling television rather um is there a room for a cruiserweight division is there a big meaty men slapping meat belt that you talked about the other day yeah like what are does this open up more room I don't know if I need more belts, but are they going to do them? Like, what does that all look like? So, you know, it's, what it's interesting. The, interesting. The AEW World Championship should be across both shows, regardless of who has them. Agreed. Um, the AEW International Championship is very clearly being pushed up the ranks in terms of importance because you have someone like Orange Cassidy putting on great matches and consistently defending the title and, and meeting Jeff Jarrett it's the unstoppable force exactly meets the movable the, well, the somewhat movable object but like think about the it somewhat movable object think about it but like they're doing, if I push real hard it can nudge yeah you just don't push yeah. too hard or else you might give yourself a hemorrhoid like yeah pull your back out or yeah something. exactly uh so they're doing Orange Cassidy versus Bandito this coming Wednesday uh, a really fun match that's going to have uh, just good spots and it's going to make a lot of people happy. And that's fine. The international championship is being poised to look like a much more important title compared to the TNT title, which, as I mentioned on In the Weeds, and we don't have to go too far into it now, it should be a meaty men slapping meat championship. Let the big boys play. make it the, the title where the big boys play. See, I kind of like going the other way of like a a cruiserweight-ish type thing just because I think that's a really easy way to get gold on Jungle Boy. I think there's a lot of talent that you could build out there. I think it's more realistic if you want to have that be something where it's like, damn, yeah, you have the UK people jump on it. There's a lot of like, I think there's a lot of options there. But I, I'm certainly not against the idea of a big meaty men slap meat belt. I think that could be very, very fun. Big E can come and introduce it if he if they would let him. Let's open the forbidden door to WWE. He yep. makes one appearance. Yep. Um, I'm I'm very intrigued to see what comes of it. I'll be excited once it's underway and telling good stories, and I can see that there's a clear vision. I think I'll be more excited. 
Let's get a couple of bits and super chats here. Cyclops over on twitch.tv slash Fightful Gaming. Bringing CM Punk back and having separate staff on a Saturday show is either going to do great business or be a total shit show that makes TK look weaker and nothing in between. I'm guessing the latter if I'm betting, to be honest. So I don't really think there's going to be that much in terms of separate staff. I know someone in the chat was asking, you know, who else could TK have as a, as a creative person? Uh, and I, I'll, I'll tell you right now, QT Marshall, QT Marshall of all people would absolutely. QTV? QTV is QT yeah, Marshall? QTV is QT Marshall would do a great job. But the reason I'm actually saying that is because he already does a lot of the formatting for AEW and he is essentially one of TK's right-hand men. He can see the vision throughout the entire uh throughout the entire process i don't see why qt can't help run the show qt is great he's one of the most underrated hands that they have there um he's a good hand even he's a great hand mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um he obviously has his finger on the pulse of things if you watch qtv you know that you could do a nightmare factory reality show obviously that's next um, uh, welcome to my nightmare welcome to my nightmare there will be no copyright issues with that um no not a single one that i can think of not at all i think uh yeah i i'm i'm intrigued i just it has not necessarily felt like they've had a a steady hand on their own ecosystem and that's what i need to see now i also think if you are gonna let punk have some creative input that's gonna be my favorite wrestling show because i like the way that he approaches things creatively i feel like he's someone that i've seen tell so many different types of stories i feel like he's someone that um i think he's someone that like even understand I, I heard him talk about orange cassidy in an interview i think it was with renee and he was like i don't necessarily like get orange cassidy but the fans do so push it like he's someone who like as as much of like a whatever as it seemed like backstage like i think he he's a great wrestling mind. So if his mind can coexist with other things, I think you would be silly not to be able to take advantage of that. Like, why wouldn't you tap into something like that? So um, I, I just, I want the, the dust to settle before it launches. Cause I, I want it to be a successful thing because the more jobs in pro wrestling there are for wrestlers, the better. Yeah, absolutely. And this is, again, an opportunity, if presented correctly, to have more wrestlers be focused and, and showcased on AEW television. And I'm fine with that. Um, okay. Someone else had mentioned, you know, uh, TK spreading out stories. Well, the problem isn't spreading out stories. It's telling them more coherently and cohesively. Because something that we found on AEW programming, lately at least, is like he's starting or whoever he's working with, they're starting to get the through thread idea out there. And that's great. I love that. But at the same time, we're kind of stalling on certain stories and that's starting to get frustrating, at least for me, when I'm watching certain AEW shows, I'm like, it's like, get to the fireworks factory. I think um, those kind of go hand in hand though. And that I think it's easier to drop things when you don't have space for them. Um, I guess a good example of that is we have like the elite versus the Blackpool combat club. And it's like, well, what the hell are the actual trios champions doing? Right. So I, I don't know. I, I feel like those things kind of do, do go hand in hand in that. Um, I think Swerve and Keith Lee, unless there was an injury or something happens faster. If you don't have 
a hundred different championships that you're trying to shove down people's throats at the same time or whatever. I, I, I think that space is going to be um, something that's vital and, and important in letting those stories leave a little bit, because I think they're good with the long-term stuff. And I think that almost handicaps the short-term stuff. Like I think most people's criticism of Tony Khan is that they sometimes don't strike while the iron's hot. And it's kind of like, well, I can't shift in my head because I was married to these plans. And because I'm married to these plans, I don't really want to make room for anything else. Like a couple more hours a week might really, really open some stuff up like that. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Catch those springtime vibes all over Arizona. Break out of the winter blues by hitting the water at one of our lake and river parks. Take a hike among the wildflowers. Just make sure to stay on the trails and leave the flowers for the bees. Discover Arizona's best-kept secret and visit azstateparks.com slash amazing to start your springtime adventure. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and another super chat from CEO, Ali Albright of the Toothpaste Albrights. Yes, the very same. <laughs> Multi-billionaire Ali Albright. Toothpaste Albrights. Uh, She's a gem. Seriously, tune into that. She's just the, the most um, genuine, kind-hearted like just so glad I'm go- she's going after her dreams gal I'm I'm so happy for her yeah uh by the way just for those who are just tuning in tomorrow on uh Fightful Over Books on In the Weeds Jeremy and I will have uh Impact World Champion Steve Macklin on the show at 10 30 a.m eastern and then the aforementioned Ali Albright will be joining us to talk about Mercedes Monet and Mayu Iwatani from uh, this past weekend stardom show a new IWGP women's champion crowned that's pretty big news, but uh, it's more... funny because somebody told me Mayu sucks at an adorable ukulele song. I I heard uh, this isn't for me, brother. And then <laughs> like, well, clearly you're dumb. But anyway, Cody will send us a super chat saying, "Love your show. It's medicine for the Sunday scaries." Well, we appreciate you. We really do. Uh, it's always nice to get super chats from people who are uh, getting ready for the week and and maybe want some some levity and, and some good conversation. Uh, CEO with another super chat saying, could a return to the rankings be used as a promotion tool? Like there's a season and top three singles wrestlers at the end of a season promote. Um, Okay, so I would love to see a return of the rankings. I want to see the return of the rankings make sense though. And that is the biggest concern is how do you make the rankings make sense without being like suddenly Mox is at the top of the rankings because something got screwed up and we need to find a number one contender right now. That's the biggest thing I have. You have to have, it it was like, it was the best idea they could run with and the most hindering idea 
that AEW can run with. And then there are people, because wrestling fans are never weird, ever, nope. in the history of humankind. Never been weird once. No one's doing all the stats work for, for wrestling and keeping track of everyone's landed punches, for example. It's not MMA. But anyway, I'm not going to rag on these people. No one, no I'll one's... rag on the rankings, though, because you know where where uses them really well, Joel? Starts with honor. ring, ends with of honor. But Ring of Honor is also helped by the fact that they have the pure division. Like that, I think, is something that um, is so integral to the product. And they also have proving ground matches. So they have like these devices in, in place and they treat them like they it is followed like Bible or it has been up until this point. So um, the thing is, if you're going to implement that as a device, you have to be extremely clear and what's weird to me is that they didn't really work at AEW because someone who is as married to long-term plans as Tony Khan is would deviate from them. And I, I always found that kind of odd because it seems like that should be perfect for him. But it it came to like, especially when you have dark, because people would be like, yeah, well, those are just being used to pad people's standings. And it's like, well, yeah, that's great. You get ND kids a payday and you get to make sense of your rankings but then you'd have Abaddon being like 9 million and oh, or you'd have Ruby Soho being like 103 and you're not doing anything with them. So I, I think, I think having another two hours, this would be a good place to reintroduce them if you wanted to. Um, because I think some of the issue was that they had this talent swell and that's going to be alleviated a little bit. I don't think they're going to do it because it is difficult to implement and, keep your creative going. And I think out of the gate, it's going to be challenging enough. So, so two things I see CO had um, kind of elaborated, meaning you promote from rampage to dynamite. So they kind of like what ring of honor would do, right? You would maybe move from ring of honor to matches on dynamite and you'd be graduating from ring of honor or graduating from darker elevation, whatever that could be. They've tried to do that too. So um, again, it, 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 it works, but it doesn't work because like cabbage sensei is saying in the chat, uh, you know, records and rankings and storytelling get in the way of each other. And that was the thing. You would have these random ass matches to get the wins in place to tell the story of whoever's going after whatever championship or number one contendership. So you would have to find ways to do two things at once. And that's an entirely more complicated spinning plate to manage. You know, you've got like so-and-so is number one contender. So-and-so is the champion. But at the same time, you have to get so-and-so to the top of the list while having the number one contender. Basically, the FTR situation where they were sure. number one contenders for the entirety of like seven or eight weeks, a couple of months. And they were like, where's the title shot? Where's the title shot? And then they well, didn't get it. And they never turned it into a story. And then they went away. And it just, you know, it became like it became one of the situations upon many where people wrestlers specifically were getting frustrated with the way they were being booked. And that's when this is a whole other can of worms that we don't need to get into. That's when the, as Alex Pulaski says, Rudy Tootie worky shooty gets into it. <laughs> and that's where AEW found a little bit of a pop was because people were like, Oh, the realness is coming in. But unfortunately the realness can be ruining. It has very diminishing returns. So the, now it's like we have to tell meaningful stories where you can get a little like into the reality things, but we can't go too far beyond the curtain. So like Punk and Jericho, for example, that's going to be a tough story to tell to make sure that both men can 
work with each other and not get frustrated with one another if someone says something off the cuff. They ad lib something. They have to be so professional and so well-meaning that they don't do something to basically screw the other. Well, I don't think there's ever been a single time in history that CM Punk has taken a line from a promo out of context and has backfired. No, never. Um, Not that I can think of. But I do think um, it is it is an incredibly clear, logical way to set up stories. It is also the most complex thing to keep balance in the world, even from the perspective of when MJF is not facing the captain, Sean Dean, he's usually winning and he's wrestling really infrequently. So how do you measure wins against each other if a guy's wrestling five times a year or, you know, once a month or whatever? Um, and then like, what if there is someone who has a really great underdog story that is being built through, um, like, look at Sky Blue. She's done nothing but lose, but she's going to be in this blood and guts match probably, and it's possible she gets the win, right? Like, <laughs> right, I've been so, saying. Please. Yeah, so I, I think it's it does, in some environments, and I think this is why it works in ROH, um, if that's the thing that's guiding all your stories, that works. But when you have a, such a... a bigger i keep saying ecosystem but like to balance it's it, it is tricky it, it definitely is something that can handcuff you as much as it it can help you in a story driven world like that roh has always felt very much less about promos less about um you know it is more sports based i guess if you want to put it that way but it's it's always felt like it's so much about what happens in the ring that that is something that works in that environment. And to my knowledge, MLW actually does this extremely well too. I don't, I don't follow MLW that closely, but um, it, it is something that is like, it, it's so great because it creates such clarity, but it is also really, really hard when you have a roster that big. Um, you want some, some fun news? Always. So you, you, you might be here, but I don't know. Um, Eddie Kingston's coming back to Greek town wrestling in Toronto this summer. That's awesome. I, just, oh, I love that. I was just notified of this. So Eddie Kingston, the one and only, is gonna gonna hop on over cross. When is that? Uh oh god, when is the Greek town shows? They're I think they're in June. Maybe in July. No, now I gotta find them. Hold on. Hey, I was gonna say with a, a hernia surgery, I feel like he'd be out a little bit more. June 8th, 9th, and 10th. And 11th, but there, I think he's doing three of the four shows that have been announced. So they're doing London, Ontario, Hamilton, Toronto, and for the first time ever, Waterloo, Ontario, Canada. So uh, if you've, uh, if you've been a fan of Greek down wrestling, you've been watching them on fight TV. Wonderful. If you haven't, it's worth going to check out. Uh, Channing Decker has a match against Kenny King this coming week on BTI before the, Hell yeah. and it's a really good match. I, I, I know I'm a little biased because I do a lot of work with Greek town and, and they've been very good to me, but Channing Homer. Decker. Yeah, well, you know, Channing Decker is the champion, and he does a good job, uh, but his match with Kenny King is really good. So that's kind of where we're at with Punk is, is we don't know. We know TK is going to make some sort of announcement this week. He's gonna, we're going to hear from Tony Khan, as the new variant says. We are. I. How are you feeling about it? We talked about my feelings on oh, it. Oh, about Collision, about CM Punk, about everything? Yes. So... I've, I've kind of talked about it on, on in the weeds. And then someone was like, you hate AEW. And I'm like, no, I, I like, I like who he yeah, Cause it's impact or death, man. <laughs> That's right, man. Um, a friend of mine that uh, 
came in for the impact shows from Florida. Good for him. But anyway, he, he grew up in Toronto, but anyway, um, where can I, where should I start? I think it's good that AW is getting a little bit more TV time. I think it's good that they want this to be a one A or an A one show to the A show. Um, I'm excited for opportunities for other members of the roster. No questions asked. As long as they actually get it, and it's not just you know the Peter Avalon, King of Collision. Yeah, exactly. Like as long as it's not just one guy's show, then I'm good with it. Or if it's not just like you know one these these stories one through eight that you're gonna see every single time. I don't want to see that. I want to see right. more stuff move around, inter-show, and all that stuff. Um, in terms of CM Punk coming back, it's inevitable. It's a really weird situation. It's there's there's and there's so much whisper shouting that's been done by so many different outlets, Fightful included. Like I'm not gonna, you know, that we're we are in the business of of rumors and what's going on and what people are saying and you know everything. Sure, like what Sean's reported versus what people have discussed, drawing conclusions about. Yes, from what Sean's reported are two different things. So yeah, yeah, yeah. My, I'm not I'm not calling anyone a liar. I'm really not. But my point really is that there are a lot of people talking. But a lot of people are talking with their own kind of like inherent biases in mind. And therefore, things can only be reported as told and as, you know, as vetted as uh, and as much vetting as Sean does. You know, it's it's there. Um, Warner Brothers really wants Punk back. Punk clearly has, is a draw for wrestling companies. Do not get me wrong. There's still a backstage element that comes with it. There's still some unresolved uh, tenseness that comes with it in that there was an incident eight months ago that definitely left a lot of people feeling uncomfortable. And I understand it. Um, at the same time, I think everyone will eventually need to get into a room and talk it out. Um, cooler heads will prevail in this case, especially if the, if the story is true that Kenny Omega was very even keel and wanted to, you know, keep things very level. That's fine. You put him in a room with punk and just those two to start. And we could be working towards that. If, if, the Bucks are the ones that are the most like, I don't know how to feel or I'm still upset and completely up. I, I understand it. And maybe Punk's the guy who's like, I don't want to talk to anybody. Then I get it. Again, there's so much that happened that we've only heard about. We don't, we haven't heard it from the, the horse's mouths themselves. Sure. And, you know, I think Sean had said on Twitter, and I think it's a really reasonable thing is like the Bucks are in contract negotiations. And I feel like everyone's been like, Oh, are they going to stay or go? Because Punk might be back. I I think Sean had said, and I think it's really reasonable. Like, why wouldn't you use that as leverage for more money if you could? Like, hey, this guy, <laughs> like, we got suspended. We were sitting at home. Like, this guy has been probably getting paid the whole time he's been at home. And if we're going to be in the same building again, and he's making, let's just say, five times as much as I am, why would you not use that as leverage in your renegotiations? Like that makes so much sense. So if I'm the young bucks, I could certainly see what Sean was saying on that of like, um, why would I talk to this guy before I find out if they're even going to close the gap on how much I could get paid. <laughs> right. Like that's a very, very fair thing, especially when you see Cody Rhodes in WWE right now. And right, when... I think what they did to him at, at mania was fucking stupid, but yeah. like at the same time, Dude's getting paid. And he's also still, you know, for better or worse, there's still a, you know, 
a Brock Lesnar Cody main event in Puerto Rico that's about to happen. And both men are going to be paid very handsomely for it. So uh, storytelling aside, because I know that we don't we don't like what had happened at WrestleMania, financially, right. things are going real well for Cody Rhodes in WWE land. So let's just leave it at that. And the realistically, even though it feels like they buried him because of the way they presented Mania, I don't think they view that as they buried Cody Rhodes. Right. Which exactly. is maybe the silliest part about it. Yeah. Um, but, it but, yeah. Um, but to, to kind of piggyback off of what you're saying with leverage right now, what the elite are doing specifically what Kenny Omega is doing, probably the best work they've done so far in AEW in terms of storytelling. We haven't seen Kenny Omega operate on in a storytelling vein in this, on this level since new Japan. And you can't tell me that it's coincidental. He's absolutely, in my eyes, he's doing it because he knows two things. One, contract. Two, Punk's coming back. And if you were calling him plus Delta, you were calling him the guy who brings the ratings. Well, Punk is, yeah, proven draw. But Kenny has to prove that he is also a proven draw beyond the matches he has. And right now, he's putting on not only some of his best matches, but he's also giving you some of his best promos that he's given in years. And I appreciate that. So... The this this weird um this weird thing that's gonna be going on where they're gonna try to one up each other, they're gonna be very competitive with each other, and eventually, yeah, there probably will be a match because the, everyone will see dollar signs and say, let's do it. That's okay. But we can't do that under the auspices of you okay? Yeah, I guess. You okay? Yeah, I guess. Should we have a match? Yeah, I guess people want to see it. No, it's gotta be we can work together and make some magic. And here's what's on the table, here's what's off the table we need to set those boundaries and that's and what happens next. People also forget what that means in the ring. Like you are trusting your opponent with your life every time you're in the ring. So that's also just like a whole other element. Now I don't, I don't think anybody would think it would be literally evil if somebody intentionally mishandled someone in the ring. Um, but there is a, a huge built in trust component of you might not even commit yourself to a move if you're nervous about the guy who's receiving it or whatever. So there is a lot to be sorted out there. I agree with you that like if this is this is some of the elite's best work, Kenny specifically, I think it also help, it helps that Kenny is healthy. Um, because with Punk, I feel like his biggest strength is storytelling. With Kenny, I think it's, holy shit, this guy's incredible in the ring and a really good storyteller. So Kenny being able to lean into what he's best at on a more consistent basis, I, th I think is really, really good for the product. Um, but I'm I'm loving I'm loving what's going on with the Elite. I didn't love Wednesday's episode all that much, but I love that story. I, th I think it's being told extremely well. Yeah, exactly. I, mean, I know normally we would sit here and talk about TV, but clearly we've done over an hour talking about uh, really? last what we did last week and all the punk stuff. And you know what? I love that. We don't need to talk about TV every no, week. Everybody else is reviewing everything that happens on TV. I like that we get to pull back a little bit. Exactly. Uh, Ricardo, last name TBD. Love for you both. Happy wrestling, my peeps. You know what, Ricardo? Why don't you call yourself Ricardo Riccoboni? How about that? Happy wrestling out there. You could do a lot worse than being Ricardo Riccoboni. Okay. Right call you double R and shot kid 29 with the super chat. Thank you saying the no contract, the no contact story makes me think a TK wants to get the elites contract sorted out first B they don't want to rush a meeting, which is probably for the best because I've personally found the slow approach is best. See, I agree with that. I, especially the second part, you don't want to rush into anything because if everyone's still hot headed, then no, everyone's going to be hot headed. And if someone's going to say something or feel a certain way, your backs up against the wall. It's very tense very aggressive calm it down 
Let's sure. have three people in the room. I know at one point there was the whole conversation about FTR wanting to be the moderators. And I kind of understand why. I yeah. think if I'm CM Punk and I, I know that the elite are three men plus their boss, but also technically like they're EVPs. They're all in the same situation as Tony Khan. I'd understand CM Punk feeling extra against the wall and wanting a little leverage and FTR would not necessarily give him that leverage. It's more about just making him feel like he's not walking into a potential one-sided affair. I agree. And I think, um, like I always try to, I kind of said this on Twitter the other day, like I, I cannot imagine as EVPs, you build out this product and you get this, top guy who is moving the needle um, and he goes up there with your belt and he annihilates your company and you guys specifically. I also can't imagine being so frustrated you get to that point and then being at home and the only narrative about you for eight months is that you're a dick and that you caused all this and it's entirely your fault and like all these things or like a bunch of weirdos who are it's almost weirder that someone's violently in your corner and has no idea what's going on. Um, I can't imagine being in either of those scenarios. So I I think it's important, like, there's human beings behind all that shit. And I, I think, um, I saw Dex tweeted the other day, someone tweeted out pictures of, it was like a, a fan meet and greet, but it was like me with my favorite wrestlers and it was the elite and CM Punk and Dex said like, honestly, my favorite wrestlers too. Like I love all these guys. So I have a tremendous amount of, um, I don't want to say empathy because I, I think they're, um, I think that's a little heavy handed for what they're up against. Like, Nobody is ill. Nobody is whatever. But I do have sympathy for for both sides of that, of um, building something and then seeing someone that you brought in to help be the biggest draw in it, annihilated. And then also a bunch of people speculate about your every freaking breath. And I'm not saying Punk helps himself in that regard by posting whatever on Instagram. But like, even in a fun way, it's like everybody is psychoanalyzing your every move. Um, and you've had nothing to do ex- for eight months but stew on it. Like, that sucks. So um, I, I hope they work it out. I I hope... Um, I, I love all of their wrestling so much. And I, I think there's so much money on the table. So I think that could be a non-title feud if you could get them to work it out. And a, a slate of like six months of stories. And you kind of solve the idea that Punk could be away from the title while MJF gets to go on his reign. There's a lot of really, really productive stuff that could happen for AEW out of that. My brain is still of the mindset that All In has CMFTR versus the Elites, and that we're still doing Punk versus Kenny at All Out, and we're doing Young Bucks and FTR for the tag titles, uh, also at All Out. So basically, they serve as a six-man trios to preview a double main event at all out, but who knows? And CM Punk kicks out of the one winged angel. Yeah, absolutely. For the first time. Well, not really the first time, but see, but- I, I think there's a tremendous opportunity with forbidden door to do. Um, and I, I can't remember who initially said this, but I thought of it also. And I agree. You do uh, Kenny versus Osprey two and three in, in kind of Kenny's territory in Canada. And then in, in you know, forbidden door, 
close-ish or closer to to kind of Ospreys for for that trilogy could be a really nice program but um you know we'll see that's that's the other thing they're launching the second show they have rampage they have dynamite and they also have three major events coming up and a blood and guts match to boot with the but i'm guessing it's just gonna be a women's blood and guts match so we'll see man it's um they've got a very loaded couple months coming up yeah, and I'm hoping that the, they are able to spread out their summer efficiently and not just blow their load and then have to make up for it along the way because they do have until September. There's a lot of shows and a lot yes. of storytelling up. They got a month until Double or Nothing, and then it's Forbidden Door, and then they're going to add a second TV show somewhere along the way, right? Then they're going to, like a second uh, two-hour primetime show. And, and then, and then, and then, and then, there's a lot going on. So we'll see. I, I, Joel, I think the bigger question that we're not asking, and I feel kind of silly, is taking this long to. Do you think there will be a draft? An AEW draft? Yeah. No, absolutely not. I think I just told you how it's going to be earlier in the show when I said. Come on, I was being silly and trying to create a segue, Joel. Do we have to talk about the WWE draft? No, we don't. Have to talk no, about because the WWE. Sean Rossap and Denise Alcedo will do one on the main channel on Tuesday. Jeremy and I will talk about the draft on In the Weeds on Friday. One pick and why is it Madcap Moss? It's Madcap Moss, as it should be, or our truth. Um, doesn't even matter if he's coming back or not. I'm gonna steal how do you, for one pick. How do you personally feel that carrying cross called Madcap Moss Riddick Moss on Friday? I'm fine with it. Shows you that, are yes, shows that there's some character development. Madcap no longer needs to be Madcap. He should be the no cap. cap moss. Call him the moss. Or just in true WWE style moss and all caps. Yes, exactly. Big capital letters. <laughs> like the least threatening thing to evolve in nature. Just moss. Moss. And then his Titan John is moss, but it's just moss growing underneath. You could get him out in the weeds. It could just be a whole grows out of the ground, fungi kind of related show. I, you know what? Leave a comment. Tell us who you want us to interview or bring on to in the weeds because, uh, Jeremy and I are always looking and we're always trying to get different people. So it doesn't have to be AEW or WWE people. It could be anybody within the wrestling world or the wrestling media world. If there's someone you want us to talk to, we'll always shoot a message out to them. Have us join for, you know, a little while. So can I just put talk. over the graphic design work behind in the weeds? You know who did that? You. You bet your ass. <laughs> I just think it's really nice Thank that you. Sean is always like, touch grass, touch grass. So we're literally here it is. Yeah, the grass is here and it's greener on in the weeds. There it is. Someone says uh, Mercedes Vernado. Listen, if Mercedes wants to come and do in the weeds, we will absolutely have her. Um do you want to rec recklessly speculate on Wembley for a minute? Uh, I will after we get to the super chat from Shock. Okay. Saying think we get the Owen Cup during AEW's candidate tour this summer and who wins? I was thinking swerve for the men, Taya for the women. Taya is a really good shout because she also is Canadian and made her debut in Canada. Uh, He's I, Ruby Soho. <laughs> I would love to see a return of the Owen Cup in Canada. Of course, I'm Canadian, so why wouldn't I? Uh, who could it be? I mean, let's put let's let's get Eva Luna a championship, shall we? Mm -hmm. do, do, do. Owen Cup champions. It'd be fun if it was Takeshita and Willow. Why Takeshita? And and by the way, are we in agreement that the call is coming from inside the house and that Don is uh, 
Don is just setting this up because Takeshi's going to turn. I, I do think so. And yeah. I, I don't know how I feel about it because I really like rooting for Takeshi. I, I said it on In the Weeds. It feels like Don's trying to get Kenny to be like, Kenny, look, this one's younger and hotter, and he is so the much younger, sexier. <laughs> younger, sexier version of the other one. 100% with you. 100% with you. And then it just turns on him. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I like Taya. That's a good idea. Swerve winning. What does Swerve get out of winning that Owen Cup? See, and I don't think I love Swerve, but the type of heel he is, there's some heel, like Adam Cole was a heel when he won. But I feel like everybody was like, but it's Adam Cole. The type of heel swerve is winning it feels a little off base to me. Um, oh, oh. And that, like, Adam Cole is the kind of heel that everybody comes out, cheers his entrance, and then they're like, we'll play along because, and now he's a face, so it doesn't matter. But I chose to catch it just because I feel like um, he's just, I, I don't know, something watching him, he feels over in the same way that Owen did a little bit to me where it's just like a pure appreciation for how good he is. And there's just this natural effortless charismatic thing about him where you're just like, that dude's a star. And I can't even necessarily tell you why. And that just Willow. Cause Willow's the best. If she finds her step, if she finds her footing, this is going to sound so weird. I, I wouldn't hate Jack Perry, jungle boy and Anna Jay. If we're going to play off the whole, the couples win. And I'm not saying it has to happen every year like this. I'm not, but I'm saying for the second, for the second consecutive year, maybe plant that seed so that people think, Oh, next year, maybe it's going to be Sammy and Ty Conchie or whatever, but then it's not, but I'm saying for, for next year, do jungle boy, because they're still trying to figure out jungle boy. They really are. He's over, but he's not there yet. Maybe this would do it. And then Anna J uh, they, they really like her. They very clearly really like her. Um, and they want to give her really great when they give her reps consistently. Yeah. Well, that's what I'm getting at too, yeah. right? A tournament like this would give her reps on more, um, more reps on a bigger stage and sure. more meaningful reps. And yeah, she could still do dark and elevation and all that. So that's, that's where my brain would be at. Uh, I'm just like allergic to wrestling couples things. Like I, I just hate it. Um, <laughs> except for when like, this is an OG shout, but when Maria and Mike, were like an obnoxious couple on raw do you remember that where they would come out holding hands and their titan trauma was like all hearts and stuff and then like sammy zade would just like slide through them while they were holding hands or whatever like if you lean into it in that way i'm good with it but like otherwise it feels like you're just doing it because they're a couple which I, I don't love and that doesn't feel like in the spirit of owen hart to me very much so you're trying to say maria and mike canella should win the owen cup this year sure let's do it this they could book it. You know what? Maria could book it. Let Maria book the Women's Owen Cup. <laughs> I never. Anyway, uh, <laughs> me and Norma sends a super chat saying, Joel, keep up the great work. Kate, what's up, partner? What's up, uh, partner? Going back to eating ribs and rewatching Vikingo's matches from last week, Toodles. Me, Norma, I do know who you are, by the way. I am around for the post shows. People in the chat were just like, that someone is the world famous Me, Norma. I'm going to let y'all in on a secret. When I call y'all in the chat, and it's not a super chat, I will usually just say someone in the chat because I, I, I will put more emphasis on someone who sends a super chat. I want you all to feel like the money that you're giving is, is, is worth it and that we're showing that love by shouting you out. Uh, so yes, I know it was Meet Normus who, who shouted out that Mercedes Bernardo should be someone we get on in the weeds and I would love that. But again, I, I shout out the person when they give us a super sure. chat, 
I say someone when they don't. He said doodles. Okay, which means I need to read it as Tiffany Stratton. Joel, keep up the great work. Kate, sup, partner? I'm going back to eating ribs and watching Vikingo matches from last week. Toodles. There you go. That Tiffany epiphany was quite good. I just had a Tiffany epiphany. I love her. I love her so much. <laughs> you finally come around, have you? You know what? The way she progressed in the ring is unbelievable. Yep. And where she took the character from gymnast daddy's girl, gymnast tennis player daddy's girl is a bad character. Where she has grown has been unbelievable. She's I've said it time and time again, like the most improved her and Angelo Dawkins, I feel like have been the most improved wrestler in, in WWE 12, 18 months or so. Like really, really, really great stuff. I'm I'm so um there's just no way, especially in Tiffany Stratton's case, because she's in developmental, there's no way you get that much better and that good at this that quickly unless you are working your fucking ass off, like, to an unbelievable degree. So I am I am all in on the Tiffany epiphany. So we have NXT Spring Break in next week, this Tuesday. Um, we don't need to get too deep into it because it's not normally what we do. <laughs> I, I do want to I do want to say this, uh, just like the Impact show that's coming up in May, where it's Steve Macklin and PCO, and people are just like, mm, it's kind of where we're at with this with Spring Breakin', where it's like Mello and Waller is because mm, we know it's going to be Mello's big first win, yada yada. Um, but the undercard is actually looking like a lot of fun in certain places. Like you can't tell me that Cora Jade and Lyra Valkyria doesn't sound like a fun match to watch. Or that when they inevitably do Gigi and JC in the last woman standing match, that's not going to be fun to watch. Well, we'll see about that. But it might be fun to watch. I'm not the biggest Cora Jade gal. Uh, the heel turn really didn't work for me with her. Um, but Lyra has been a really, really, really great um, in-ring presence. And her character is interesting. I'll see where it goes. Uh, that that's kind of the story with NXT for me, though. Like, I I rarely like the stories. I'm always pretty blown away by a lot of the in ring, especially on specials and and pay per views. Like, they really are premium live events. Excuse me. Like, the quality of the matches is is usually very high. The stories are often really dumb. So, um, dumb stories are the best, though. That's what we're here for. Um, that's what you're here for. You very do the impact story. review on purpose. So no, I'm just kidding. Impact stories have actually been, I would say basically from the beginning of Josh Alexander's reign and a little bit before, like really, really well done from, from what I've watched of impact. I don't watch every week like you do, but when I check things out and when I keep up with it, there's some really good stories happening there. So that's awesome. Um, by the way, Wait till y'all hear that I did submit my candidacy for the AW Collision post show. So, oh, did you? <laughs> I did. I need. I, I could do something to do on a Saturday night. Saturday, I did not. Uh, Joel and Kate on a Saturday night doing AW Collision post show. Let's go. Look, under most circumstances, I could very easily be talked into leading a a CM Punk two hour led AW post show. Sure. Um, I am at six nights a week and I'm not willing to make it seven. So I would have to give something up, but, uh, um, my NXT show. <laughs> oh my God. That's 
you know what's so funny as I was as I was talking to my parents about this earlier, I was like, God, every single one of them has their own personality in these really, really, really fun ways. Tuesdays being the most insane, obviously. But even Mondays with me and Alex is so different from Tuesdays with me and Alex. Oh. It's so different from Thursdays and Fridays. Like it's it's really, really fun. And I I love them. I love that about them is that none of them are like repeatable for me to do. And I, I assume that translates at home. Um, but I do, uh, I, I do look forward to the in-ring out at NXT. It just is always, Alex always says, to what end? Because usually the finishes are really bad or they're booked to a Shawn Michaels tribute spot of recent in, yeah. his, in his, uh, you know. Oh, remember when I did that great thing? It's a weird thing to keep going back to. So. What are you talking about? It's it's only until now that we see Grayson Waller come out in like 2002 SBKA cosplay. <laughs> he's just like, suck it! Looking like a little Dutch boy with his brown tights winning <laughs> winning a liberty. Ugh. Woof! Oh, I love it. Someone about to lose their smile. Someone asked, is Jeff Hawkins free on Saturdays? If I could do AEW Collision Post Show with Jeff Hawkins... I don't think the site would last very long. No, but you should do one on your own channels. I should actually. Hell yeah. That's that's what's funny is that uh, everyone's like, oh, I want to hear from Sean. I want to hear from Sean. I'm like, oh, wait until you get us over on Overbook doing the alt perspective. There you go. Shows. Dang. I can't get anyone to do it. I can't get <laughs> Sean to agree to do but it. We, Alex and I do them on select. And when I'm not on select, Alex will do them alone. So it's like, it's a lot. It's, it's different a, too. We do a lot of shows. <laughs> it's, it's also it's very different. I don't think there there's no um, no one wants a sour AEW review. Um, at least like that isn't really like coming from from that side of of fandom. Looking to hate it, yeah. So, like I think I think most of Alex's people that come to watch and and, and you, I mean, but it started with Alex, so pardon me. Um, I think most people know that Alex isn't coming at it as a like, oh my God, I want WWE to die a thousand deaths right now and AEW's the best. He's coming at it as like, this sucks and I'm gonna clown on it. And here, you know, this is the stuff. Yeah, and, and what I always like with Alex is he nine times out of ten provides alternatives about the way that he would prefer right. you see it, which that is constructive criticism. Otherwise, yeah. you're just bitching. Yeah, we do a fair amount of both, and then we sing songs in two voices. That's right. That's how you do. Because <laughs> we're fucking professionals. Perfect. Professional somethings <laughs> is right. Curmudgeons. His yes. his tag now says professional curmudgeons. <laughs> I did see that on Friday. That's very good. <laughs> I almost came in to join you all on Friday. I've been I've been so tempted to just jump in on some of these shows, but I just don't do it. Um. Because Rampage was yesterday, Alex was like, can I jump in on Friday? And I was like, you can jump in. There is a condition and that we are going at most an hour and a half, ideally an hour to an hour 15. I was like, if you can fit those parameters, you're allowed on. But I'm burnt out. <laughs> we are not going longer than that. And we're only doing SmackDown. And that was two hours of mostly nothing. So I ain't spending that much time on it. And he was like, I'm in. I have like four things to say. I was like, beautiful. So that's how he ended up on there. <laughs> so before we close out, you want to, you want to, did you see the Joey Janelle interview? I did not see it yet. 
Okay, don't. This is how I'm going to preface this. Don't see oh, it. Oh, no, yeah. I'm going to watch it. Go watch it. Joey, watch. Joey was on one. Let me tell you. Holy shit. Joey's um, always on one. I love it. He he got me, too. At one point, I thought I got him, and I said so much on camera. And then he got me later on towards the end of the interview. So go check it out. It's a fun interview. Okay. Uh, insofar that Effie saw it, and he's like, holy shit, Joey Janela got more clickbait articles out of his interview than I did. And he, we did them on the same day. What I love about Joey, one of the many things that I love about Joey, is people will be like, he's shooting on AEW or whatever. And he'll be like, LOL, no, because of X, Y, and Z. But like, he'll set it up. I forget what it was. It was something about like, oh, here comes another dorky announcement, right? Like, or Joey said, we have a huge announcement coming up. And everyone thought he was trolling. And he was like, LOL, they just announced Wembley. That is a big deal or whatever. So like, I just love how he'll be like, troll, but not trolling. It's, it's, it makes it really fun. <laughs> Joey just like, he gives a shit, but he doesn't give a shit. You know what I mean? He gives a shit about, he takes his work seriously, but not himself or wrestling seriously and i could appreciate someone who's out there to do that Me too. it's good stuff anyway go check out that interview it's on the main channel i think i've still got one or two still coming i have a couple actually that are going to come to overbooked soon um nice. I have, yeah there, there's one in particular that uh someone that nobody really knows unless you're like in the ohio area or come to greek town his name is jock samson i did this interview with him a few months ago we did probably about 15 minutes just just shooting the shit talking about his career because he's been in it for 17 years never done tv he's never but he's got a defined character and he's a pretty good wrestler he's a big fat dude there's no other way i can explain it um southern accent the whole nine wears cow where's the straw cowboy hat uh, but jock is uh, Jock's great. Just uh, anyway, that's going to come up to probably it's going to show up on overbooked because uh, I don't think people really know who he is. So Fair enough. <laughs> y'all should Fair check. Enough. That. Uh, are, are we ready to get out of here? Should we go home for the night? Sure. Should Unless we plug start. our things that start on Sundays and not Mondays? <laughs> Joel, I was so proud of myself last week because I started plugging my stuff on Sundays and then we didn't do a show on Sunday. <laughs> I was like, I got it. And then, and then you, we didn't do a show. Well, Shotgun 29 will wrap us up here before we get to plugs. As much as we clown on Jeff Jarrett, how happy do you guys think Dax Harwood is that he gets to wrestle Double J? I found out that this was happening on uh, last night when everyone else did. And I was so happy for Dax. And I said it, on, I was on the Love Wrestling Mario Kart stream. We were just having fun. And everyone just laughs. And I'm like, no, you know what? Dax loves this. And if they could do a tandem show, like if Dax was still doing his podcast, he would have done 90 on wrestling Jeff Jarrett and the history of that. But he doesn't. I know, Kate, I know you love the Jarrett podcast. I know you listen to it religiously. Are you excited for Dax versus Double J? Ain't he great? What's so annoying is there's a little bit of me that has to be because I think one of the coolest things that can happen in wrestling is when someone gets to wrestle someone that has either inspired them in some way or they grew up in love or whatever. And Dax clearly loves Double J. And I always go back to the fact that like Jeff Jarrett apparently seems like a really nice dude. So that's awesome. Good on, good on him. I'm everywhere if he sucked as a person. Um, so I unfortunately have to be excited about the fact that I love when wrestlers get to work with people that 
um, they want to work with her, excited about working with, um, especially ones that are like, I'm not calling Jeff Jarrett a legend, but fall under that tier, I guess. Uh, I do not listen to Jeff Jarrett's podcast. I know that it will surprise you. It does. Um, I got to be honest. There's only so many wrestling podcasts I listen to. I'm afraid to tell people what I do for wrestling, for listening to wrestling podcasts. You got to remember, I have a kid and I have to like take him to daycare and get and come back. And I have to go out and I run errands throughout the day. I'm, I'm never not listening to a podcast. So like I listen to a lot of stuff. I'm never sure you Sean, do. I never listen to Sean. Unless it's paywall, Sean. Why would you? I listen Why to paywall, Sean. That's it. Because because once in a while, I got to get my uh, my southern accent fix. You know what I like to do? Because I like to sleep with it really quiet. Hmm. I like, I'm one of those people that I need it to be dark and I need it to be almost silent. So what I do is I put on the video of Sean's reaction from Black Label Pro. And it's just like, <laughs> just like a baby. Do you actually need... Um, do you, do you ever do you ever do you ever need something to like help you fall asleep like podcasts and stuff? I kind of am someone who like I I don't actually have an issue with that. I can sleep when it's super quiet. I usually sleep with like a sleep meditation or whatever because I I actually feel like I wake up better. I think it kicks me into like a REM thing. I'm gonna turn people on and I and it's, you're gonna I'm, turn I'm, people on. Always gonna turn people on. So one thirty oh five. Just oh, please that. clip that. Uh, I, I want to turn everybody on to a podcast that. Um, I'm, I'm giving myself up here because my sign off that I do on every show here on overbooked and on five full really everywhere I do a show. Um, this is where I got it from. So the show was called sleep with me, which is ironic because I just said, I'm going to turn everybody on show is called sleep with me. Um, if you want to look into it more, you can, but it's something that my partner and I have used for a long time to get us sleepy and ready for, for bed. The guy just speaks into a microphone. It's completely meandering. It's good stuff, um, but it helps you fall asleep. So check that out. Um, nice. Yeah, we're, we're checking out. So anyway, let's plug and get out of here. People want to talk about David Arquette on AEW. It was so stupidly great. I don't want to get into it because it's so good and you just have to go watch it. Hey, if you're having trouble sleeping, here's all the places I am doing reviews. I'm Sundays right here with Joel on Fightful Overbooks, usually starting at 8 o'clock. Um, my parents aren't like, did you forget the book? Normally 8 o'clock, so your Mondays uh, after Raw on Fightful Select doing the Sour Graphs post show. Sour Graphs again on Tuesdays, but on the main channels 10 minutes after NXT. Wednesdays at the Mark Order podcast when I don't have a migraine talking all things all elite. Thursdays. I get to do my Ring of Honor show with Reg, handing it off to Joel and the wonderful Cresta, um, following right after on the same stream, Friday's AW Rampage at SmackDown post show. That's my week, y'all. Wild. It's too much. Wild. But it's not enough at the same time. Tomorrow in the week. Tomorrow. Weeks. Sorry. Tomorrow. To, to Miro. To Miro. Signed, Joel. Um... Tomorrow on Fightful Overbooked at 10 a.m., Jeremy and I will be in the weeds as we are every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday from 10 until noon Eastern. Joining us at 10.30 a.m. will be Impact World Champion Steve Macklin. Come and hang out with us. Uh, where am I on Tuesdays? Tuesday's my day off, so I just hang out at home and cut stuff together and edit stuff and all that. I know, right? That's my one day. Uh, I don't, have you thought about singing songs or doing impressions? I've thought about it. If y'all want to hire me, I'll do it. Uh, I don't know what I do on Wednesdays anymore, but I know I do something. Oh, I do I do the Run Sheet Pod with Ella J. So go and check out the Run Sheet Pod. I, I wrote this all down. I just don't know what I do anymore. Thursdays. I have a post-it note. I do have a post-it note, but it's not in front of me right now. I think I 
I, I don't know. Uh, Thursday is what am I doing? I, I got I produced the Know Your News podcast, Jimmy Van's podcast. I'm not on camera, but I'm the guy who's calling up all the stuff, and it's fun. Go check that out, especially if you're not into wrestling for an afternoon. Go do that. And then at night, like Kate said, she does the Ring of Honor post show and then hands it off to myself and the wonderful Cresta Star. We do the post impact show on Thursday nights around 10, 10 p.m. Eastern. And then Fridays, we're back in the weeds. And then I'm off that night, I think. I don't remember anymore. I've got a whole list. Just go to my socials, Actual Pearl, J-O-E-L-P-E-A-R-L. Ladies, gentlemen, friends beyond the binary, as I say. We'll see you in the next one. Cheers. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done.